1: That feeling that there is something about to go down. We call it Filmically Perfect on 913 WYSO. Hey, I'm Nikki Dakota, your host. I'm usually here, but joined in the studio by the amazing Filmically Perfect brain of the Nitrate Film Archivist of the Library of Congress, our man at the Library of Congress, George Williman. Well, rack
2: my balls and call me Sunshine. <laughs> here I am. <laughs>
1: Also live in the flesh, pool ball. he is the, of course, <laughs> I knew that. This is a
0: pool movie. We're, <laughs> just, <laughs> we're talking about pool and billiards in this movie. Pool ball.
1: Storyboard artist to the Coen Brothers for 20 years and counting. Also friend to all the most beautiful and sexiest men alive. We call him friend. And J. Todd Anderson. J. Todd. And
0: I am a friend of Nikki Dakota. <laughs> and I'm a friend of the Marman man of the <laughs>
1: Library of Congress, George <laughs> And Together, we are the film guys and that strange radio. Lady, and this is filmically perfect. <laughs> we are gathered together today to celebrate a uh, movie that is perfect in every way. It is. This is a perfect movie,
0: The Hustler. Indeed. 19th. Not to be confused with the magazine of the same name. Nope, nope, nope. This is back when <laughs> hustling was referred to billiards. Um, this is when you billiards. Billiards. billiards, billiards, yes, billiards, and pool,
1: pool, yeah, uh huh. So uh, it, it, it 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 it's lovely, and and by the way, we're doing a lot of black and white movies here of late. But I'm liking it. I'm liking that whole feel. Well, scale. it's still
0: gloomy, doomy January right. and February. <laughs> this is keeping in yeah, our, of course, we're I'm sorry, George. we That's keeping
2: in the theme with our January uplifting movie yeah. month. Uh, more losers, <laughs> folks. Tell about two people who decided to shack up at a hotel room and stay
0: drunk <laughs> and play pool. Play pool. And then they find a shifty manager <laughs> and he is is absolutely reticent, but he wants to win. Yeah, no everybody knows how many people he takes down with him. That's Jersey Scott, of course, in this yeah. movie.
2: And of course, a large, large man, very well dressed, who enjoys being called
1: Fats. <laughs> Jackie Gleason as Minnesota Fats. Paul, Paul Newman is Fast Eddie in the lead Actually here, fast. and an amazing movie all the way around. And now, most people
0: will probably remember the Martin, Martin Scorsese picture. Um, Color of Money. Which was a sequel to this movie. A really How cool, many years later? A lot, and it was really a cool movie. I liked it personally. Isn't
1: that the one uh, with that strange guy... Uh, it's uh, it's 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 Paul Newman again, but who's the young Tom, Cru- Tom, Cruise, Tom Cruise? That strange guy. Yeah. Okay. Well, th- well, maybe we can get to that later because I thought that was just odd and and, and not good. But let's uh but let's go is back where it to started.
0: the. Uh... Those the, characters were based on these characters in this movie directed by Robert Rossen uh, in 1961, and it's um in when I see this movie when I was. A, real little kid in the early 60s this is how i remember america looking you know they're in places that have no air conditioning restaurants that have no air conditioning there's when buses were still used quite a bit and the bus stops were used by more than just um people who wanted to deal drugs you know and things like that these bus bus stations had diners and restaurants in them and
2: um, all of those of you listening to this while you're riding on a bus, you can write to JT and
1: ask him. <laughs> yeah, about that's that, uh, <laughs> film at perfectmovie.net. That if, overarching <laughs> statement befo- about bus riders. Before we get any further down the road, it is worth noting well, that bus
0: stations <laughs> were luxurious at one time.
1: <laughs> each and every one of the movies that we review on Filmically Perfect has passed a stringent and and trying uh, a series of tests. And not the, and the very most important of those are the rules. And gentlemen, those rules are.
2: Yes, the Hustler creates the world it exists in existence. And it totally sustains that world. And regardless of changes in society, the Hustler retains its meaning and entertainment value. And the Hustler will never be put in any sort of numerical order. It is standing on its own two legs like the good little movie It Is. <laughs> it is a
0: perfect movie.
1: In every way. Uh, if we could sort of get a, uh, a general overview from our man at the Library of Congress, what's the what's the action here?
2: Well, basically it starts out with, with these two guys, uh, Fast Eddie Felsen and and his pal, and they are going around the country into these little little backwater towns and finding a pool hall, and then Newman, who is this really great pool hustler, basically, Starts out by starting a friendly game pool and then just beating the pants off everybody before the night's sort over. Sort of
1: suckers him in, makes him think that, oh, right. he really can't shoot. He's and a then, pool shark. Then when the real money hits the table is when he really just uh, mops up. He lets him win, 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 win until and the... And the, bam, he gets... Yeah, it. so that's So the,
2: it starts right out with him doing this. And then he goes to New York to this very famous uh, billiard hall, the Ames Billiard Hall, which is a real, or at least in 61, was a real... Billiard Hall. And it's it actually shot so in this cool, yeah. Uh, Robert Rosson was a New Yorker. I think he actually he still is. <laughs> He's still alive, I believe. And and he knew these places. And he knew where he wanted to shoot. So this film, again, is just amazingly shot on these in these actual locations. And the
0: technical advisor on this film is none other than Willie, Willie Mosconi himself. Oh, one of the, greatest, the original. There was a Minnesota Fats. Mm-hmm. Um, and those guys used to, I think they Mosconian fats used to play off Probably, right yeah, yeah but, but didn't
1: Minnesota fats the guy who was became known as Minnesota fats actually changed his name after this movie to sort of like cash in on that uh on that thing I, I think I read that nice Minnesota Skitty. no <laughs> he was fats but he did it all after no, the he
2: became, movie he became Cog and fat boy
1: but uh for <laughs> Sea <laughs> Kip- C- Porker yeah so anyway um so
0: Drive around. I don't got enough gas.
1: The Willie Moscone who was uh, <laughs> largely regarded—I mean, for many years—and maybe st- is he still alive? No, he's gone. Uh, but uh, the, the the preeminent American uh, billiards right, and player, and he was the
2: technical advisor for the for the billiard shots, and he did a lot of the trick shots and close-ups. And uh, you actually see him. He also plays a cameo near the end. They they call someone uh, calls Willie, and and this fellow comes oh, in and yeah. helps him with stuff. And, yeah. yeah, And actually, there's a couple other interesting uh, cameos here. Yes, Jake, there is. Jake LaMotta. He's the the bartender. raging bull. Is one the of the, the real Jake LaMotta. The real Jake. And LaMotta.
0: glorious real black and white. Yes. Not to be confused with Martin Scorsese's um, artificial acting guy in Black and White. <laughs> this is the real guy. What's that actor's name?
1: Robert yeah, that remember. guy. I,
0: yeah, I forgot it again. <laughs> Doggone it. Anyways,
1: yeah, so.
2: uh, uh, Fattest Eddie has come to New York. This is going to be like this is his Camelot. He has come here to play Minnesota Fats, who is said to be the greatest straight pool player uh, in the world. And straight pool is a game. It's not. That's not his orientation or anything. It's not it's massive water straight displacement. Straight pool. No, yeah, right. So. <laughs> So so yeah, I mean Fats comes in, they start playing this game, they play for like twenty five hours,
0: and Eddie loses.
1: And but they just, play without sleeping, without right, breaking Right, they just play they and just... they play and they play. Yeah, they one
0: play. of the one of the really fun parts of this whole scene is is Gleason, who I've always thought was just one hundred percent natural all the time and anything he did, he he shows no emotion in this whole scene. He just plays it just dead as the night, you know. And then in the middle of the thing, when you see that uh, Paul Newman's all roughed out, he goes, he combs his hair, and they put his coat on him like he's getting ready to go. They wash his hands as like AIDS do these guys that help him, you know. And then he looks at Paul Newman and goes, Fast Eddie, let's play some pool. He's ready to go for another twelve hours.
1: And it's worth mentioning that Jackie Gleason was an excellent uh, billiards player in his own Mm -hmm. right. I mean, he didn't have to like go to school and get training for the part here. He was he was a natural in that as well, not just an actor. Right, and
2: Gleason Gleason is perfect, and he's just so perfect. He's very very suave,
0: very delicate. You know, he's just it always is. I mean, they called him the Great One. That was his nickname. And he says very little, but you know that Gleason was always a great orator. But he sits there. And makes you, he drags you all the way through his performance with you. You want to go with him. And then he just rolls his eyes to the right. And you're there. He just just effortless in this movie. Just him. It's still just a pleasure to watch that guy work in this movie.
2: During this game, this other character is brought in. George C. Scott plays this big-time gambler named Burt Gordon. And Gordon watches this from the sidelines and watches Eddie lose. And uh and then just kind of steps out of the story for a bit because Eddie now is just he's lost this game, is his life is over basically. He's failed at what he really wanted to accomplish and he just begins to slip into this degradation. And he's and,
0: very vulnerable and, and George C. Scott knows this. Well and but he before zeroes that he's right in on
2: him. Before that, he is he does do that. Before that, he meets this woman in a bus station who he thinks is going somewhere. And it's this character played by Piper Laurie. Uh, probably best known to to modern audiences from from playing Catherine Martell in Twin Peaks, and also oh, sure. and and also, also Carrie, uh, and Carrie playing Carrie's mother, yeah, and Carrie.
1: <gasps> wow, I wondered. I yeah. knew we had just recently had her in a movie. Wow, what Hyper- a change! Hyper- and she
2: turns
0: on the same kind of performance in right? this movie.
2: And she basically, the two of them are totally wrong for each other. Mm-hmm. They're totally destructive. They fall into this relationship of just basically. Going to her apartment and staying drunk and making love, and that's about it.
0: And they get groceries too.
2: And they get yeah, they go out and get groceries. <laughs>
0: and that's then they fine. go down to that bus station. That's really cool. It's not to be confused. Oh, don't <laughs> dare I say it again. <laughs> it's definitely not like
2: this the bus station of yore, as they yeah. Would say. <laughs> okay, um,
1: yeah.
0: But this is where Bert
2: comes back in the picture, and he tells Eddie, you know, you're a loser. You're a loser because
1: Bert, his manager, who
2: Bert, Bert, no, Bert is the gambler. Oh right, well, George the George Scott
1: character. character.
2: Um, Bert comes back in and says, "You know, you're a loser. I watched you play that game, and you did everything wrong. You know, and you saw when Fats went to the washroom and cleaned up and got him got his game phase back on, and he beat you." But he says, but I know you have talent and we can work this.
1: Because you need character. Yeah, but say. Bert
0: bangs him down to his size. Mm-hmm. He puts he puts the Newman character, Fast Eddie, down to where he can control him. And then he manipulates him. But, and as I like to say when we do these shows, <laughs> there is a point where it gets better. And that's when they go on the road and Piper Laurie and George C. Scott and him are in this car traveling to all the billard halls. Right. And they're going to... Louisville. Kentucky, Louisville, to, Kentucky. To have Louisville. this big tournament with this rich guy, and when those three are in the same room together, I can't say it's too much fun, but it sure is interesting to watch those three actors: one drunk, one misfit pool player, and one uh conniving, swarmy manager. Right. And when all three of them are working, it's just the movie opens up, and all of you're, you're saying, "What in the heck's going to happen next here?" Right. The Cause, unholy
1: cause, trinity uh, there, yeah. Because Piper
2: Laurie obviously loves, has fallen in love with Fast Eddie, but but her alcohol, she's got such a dependence on the, on the booze that she can't get by, and she uses it to hide her pain, and then, you know, Bert makes some sort of really horrible whisper in her ear that makes her throw a drink on him, and you can just imagine what it must have been, because he's such a... Horn dog, and um, and we think this is one of George C. Scott's finest performances. Oh yeah, this is the Horn dog Dr. guy, Doctor Strangelove before Doctor Strangelove. Yeah, but they go and they play, um, they play Murray Hamilton at this, uh, they play a, a table billiards with with no pockets, which Fast Eddie does not know, and and they get skunked. I mean, they get skunked, and then they turn the tables on him at the last minute and and um, Fast Eddie wins, ends up winning. But
0: here's the part that's so interesting in that is that who's hustling who in this? Mm-hmm. You have to, he's playing, you have to ask, is George C. Scott hustling him or is George C. Scott hustling himself at some point? And the woman is beyond this. She has enough vision to know that they're all being hustled and she's drunk enough to understand with absolute clarity that there's no way out. So she drinks, of course. She drinks. Um, She goes back to the hotel and drinks. And
1: (laughs) what else are you gonna do? She gets
2: back. I mean, George C. Scott gets back and he sort of compromises her in a big way.
0: And he knows she's to be compromised because he knows what her vulnerability is.
2: It's in a bottle. And uh, she goes to the bathroom and she takes out her lipstick and she writes.
1: I couldn't like, tell. It, it, it's, Contracted
0: depravity. All we have to do is pull the blinds down.
2: Right. Well, she on the on the wind on the mirror. She writes like and depraved. And lipstick. depraved. Yeah, depraved. Yeah. It, the first word was depraved. Yeah. And then when Fast Eddie gets back to the hotel, and everybody's looking at him really strange in the lobby, and he gets up there, and the two rooms are adjoining, and he sees all these cops in the other room, and he goes in, and basically discovers that she has cut her wrists and and died. She's and getting out. And C. Scott, you know, Bert is just—he's just beside himself. He's like screaming like a little baby, and and uh, and Eddie kind of mops the floor up with him.
0: Well, one of the one of the interesting aspects of this movie as a motion picture is their subject, and I don't recall of any movies being specifically built around pool. Um, here's this this world of playing pool, uh, and it's everywhere. Everybody still does it. They still play pool, but. It's completely looked at from a different aspect. Nobody even thinks about it. It's one of those, like, we like insurance stories because, you know, <laughs> in, like in Double Indemnity, it was great. It was about insurance. Well, this is about pool. Right. Um, these guys are like athletes, you know, and George, George C. Scott says he wants action. He wants action, baby. I, I'm i rich. You know, I'm already rich. I want action. That's right. I don't need money. I need, I want action. And when they shoot this movie, Robert Rawson has got a little bit of an idea of what pool is all about because he shoots a lot of stuff at table level. And, uh, of course, Scorsese had to one-up him in his movie by doing all these technical shots. Right. But his are much looser, and you can see the spin on the ball and how it's how it's working across the table. And when he shoots these rooms, even when they shoot their apartment, he doesn't do a lot of reverse work in this where you turn the camera on the other side to catch the action. He shoots it off from one side, and it's all very loose and very wide. A lot of room, a lot of air. Right. But it really resembles the game of pool. Um when they're playing and how these players move around a table if you watch Piper Laurie and Paul Newman when they're working in the apartment when they're making love or whatever they're drinking or eating, whatever they're doing, they move like pool players. Um, they make Around great couches. Comments. And, and um, it's very interesting. He always shows a lot of ceiling with a lot of lamps. You Which know? is amazing. Um, especially as they're shooting
2: in real locations.
0: It's kind of a wide... I think it's widescreen. I'm not sure. It's can't very widescreen. It's cinemascope. Um, it's cinemascope. So it's as wide as you can get. But here he is. This, this director, Robert Rosson, has gotten his mind on how to really shoot this movie effectively and make you understand this. He's created this world that they exist in by squaring it all up like a pool table. Even the rooms are very longitudinal, like a pool table. It's, it's, still to this day, I watch that movie and see something new. Well, and I also time. think it's
2: interesting that, you know, I mean, Rawson doesn't do a lot of fancy camera work. No, nope, he, he doesn't. He can't, I mean A lot of shots, he's locked the camera down. And there's interesting angles, stuff like that. But he won't move the camera a lot. And some of that has to do with the fact that it's scope. So you don't want to do big moves because it's disorienting. But I think a lot of it could also be attributed to the fact that he is shooting a lot of it on location. So it's kind of hard to move around some of those little apartments to some of those odd shaped rooms, you know. So so but he does excellent work with what he has.
0: The texture of that city, you see it and the cars and the streets. It's gritty. Oh, it just has a feel all of its own. And it's wonderfully shot in black and white. It's just I don't I can't imagine that movie in color, honestly. Mm.
1: We're talking about 1961's The Hustler on Filmically Perfect. And I have to say, uh, this movie completely sucked me in just from the very beginning. And also about that that pool room scene and, and the fact that the uh, director had scoped this out and knew it already. It, it's worth mentioning that, however, it's in, it's on an upper floor of a building and, and the stairs lead you into the middle of the room. The That's stairs right. empty into this huge space surrounded by pool table. And just for, right away, you're just right there and you're like, yeah. It's like
0: a, See a cathedral, like a yeah. cathedral of pool. Really beautiful. Yeah. We should also
2: mention. There's one time I think the one when, when uh, uh, Eddie really gets caught up is where he goes out and he's going to try to make some money. And he goes to this little pool room. He tries to go to these other pool rooms to make money, and a lot of them know who he is because of the Minnesota Fats game. And he goes to this one pool hall way out of the way, and uh, and he he gets really angry but at them because they try to hustle him. Dare we?
0: You right. know what's really cool about the opening of this scene is when he's he's got his little pool pool cue pil- under his arm. He's going to go out and make some dough. And you see, as the camera reveals, he walks up, it's it's the pier. You know, it's one of those pier bars, you know, mm-hmm. by, by the river, by the ocean. It's a waterfront bar. So you got some- which means, oh, this is gonna be not go a rough place. This can't be good. And sure enough, they break his thumb. They break his thumbs.
2: Because he oh. gets he gets too confident and he goes with this guy and he's like, You're trying to hustle me, I'm gonna make sure you lose. And he just skunks him, and they get him, and they break his thumb.
1: Because, uh, see, that's what I never understood about this whole uh, what, pool hustling thing. No, I got that. <laughs> wasn't that horrid? And the sound he makes. I wasn't sure what happened until then. I, I couldn't tell what they had done to Nicely him. Nicely
0: done oh. uh, through through glass, Ooh, through smoke glass. glass. You see yeah. the silhouette. And you see the shadows, and you see how they... I'll bet that they had to work at that to get that to, to read just right. They You could see him wrenching his thumb back and well, this little sound effect Well, I couldn't in there. see
1: it. I couldn't, I could not tell what happened except that he made two groans. It was like, oh, and then, <laughs> oh. And I thought, well, what did they do? They're not pummeling him. What if, you know, and then you see the cast, they broke his thumb. That is just so guttural and just like, oh. And you
0: find out that George C. Scott, you know, he goes, I noticed you're using a bridge or something like that. He goes, well, I my phones, bro. He goes, yeah, I know. Well, it's-
2: Yeah, everyone knows, you know,
0: the word got out. Yeah, like uh, he wasn't especially interested in stopping it from happening, you know. And we got something from this movie, don't we? Do we have a... No, we do not.
1: Oh. Well, we got uh, a great good time from watching a fine, <laughs> fine movie perfect in every way. Uh, it is filmically perfect. We're talking about The Hustler, uh, 1961. 1961. Uh, and, and I have to just say that also it's, uh, it's someone who just gleams through here is Paul Newman. He just shines. This is a,
0: where he really started. I mean, he had done some a number of movies before this where he was a big, uh, big star, but... This one kind of solidified him as somebody who could yeah. play a lot of character. Um, you know, he's he's not there's playing a, of, a he's playing a guy with talent, but it's all misspent. Um, how many people think a, of person with talent with pool? There's know? a James
1: Dean sort of aspect to his you know this playing of this a sort of rebel. He without smiles a, cause a lot. And, he's very
0: cocky. Yeah. And, and uh, when I thought that Scorsese done was interesting, is he kind of switched those characters around? Tom Cruise kind of became Fast Eddie Felson. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of interesting when uh, Fast Eddie all of a sudden he was trying to be the Gene, the, the George C. Scott character in the later movie. Um. Well, it's also interesting. I, I was reading something that this is
2: one of the first of the of Paul Newman's H series movies. The movies that he has starred in that start with the letter H have often been his most successful ones. Like
1: who figured Hustler, that out? Hud, huh?
2: Harper,
0: huh? are all, have single, all word very, yeah, H. single word H <laughs> titles. <I don't> know. <laughs>
1: Someone with a lot of free time, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sort of like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon or whatever. I mean, who who starts this? But interesting. Okay, so this so he made several in a row, or just so happened. No, just
2: throughout his career. Whenever he's had a film that started with H, it's always been a big success.
1: Well, one of the uh,
0: a very fascinating aspect of this movie is how it ends. Um, We don't walk to the end of this movie with a very predictable kind of path.
1: are we gonna let them know the, uh, the, the end? The, uh, yeah. Are we gonna let them know how it comes out? Yeah. Just, uh-huh. Here it comes. Yeah. Uh oh. Brace yourself because. This is for you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Why I think that's a spoiler that's a alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yes.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, the get... coolest part. I mean, they, this woman dies. She's a sacrificial substitute for these two guys and what they're trying to accomplish in life what she does she's a sacrificial substitute in this movie, and
2: it shakes it shakes fast eddie to his foundations and he comes back to the ames billiard hall and he wants a rematch with minnesota fats but he's ready now
0: and he's not saying i'm gonna win it for her uh but he does he does and and then he has a there's a, there's a little bit of dissertation and, and dialogue about how they both killed her right um, well
2: because the interesting thing is that Is that Bert is there? Bert Gordon is there, wearing his sunglasses, so nobody recognizes him. And he's (laughs) he's very, you know, kind of uneasy about seeing Fast Eddie there still. But after Fast Eddie beats the pants off of Minnesota Fats, and big pants they are, um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) flying by uh, (laughs) the seat of his pants, mighty mighty wings. And after he's, you know,
2: he's won, and he's won a lot of money off of Fats. Uh, Birch steps up, and this is just the gall of this guy. Yeah, the hutzpah of this guy. <laughs> the hutzpah. He says, you know, you owe me money, <laughs> and he doesn't. great and he does it in that great George C. Scott. One. Yeah, you <laughs> owe me money. He sounds like Patton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you can't believe this guy.
1: This is, yeah, He's so
2: horrible, and he and and this is when Philson or yeah, Eddie Felson basically you know tells him you know you you have no soul, you're cold, dead. We took that girl out. We destroyed her. Blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah, this know, is good. And, and it's a.
0: And this is how it ends, uh, you know. It, it really is somewhat of an anti-climatic ending, but I don't find anything wrong. I think it's perfect for that movie. And at the end, you know, I, old fats just says he puts his little pool cue away and he does everything very stylish. He goes, "Can't beat you, Eddie. Can't beat you
2: because you're one of the best players
0: I've ever seen." Yeah, and then he walks away. Yeah, that's it. Beautiful, succinct ending.
1: Yeah, it is nice. Um, also, in the course of that, you know, you just seem so outraged because he had taken seventy-five twenty-five mm-hmm. earlier on in this. The Percentage. That's Scott, what she's talking about. Bird gets seventy-five percent of the winnings, and then later it had changed. And here it's clearly so wrong that he should come in and ask for this, and you, as the viewer, are thinking, "But after he's well, that's had just his just thumbs wrong. broke, you know." <laughs>
0: Twenty per, or fifty percent of whatever is yeah. better than nothing. And you know, especially yeah. if you've had your bro- thumbs broke, you know.
1: Yeah. And then even even uh the Gleason, even Fat Domino says you better play him, Eddie. Fat Domino. Did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: Fat Domino says you better play him, Eddie. I, I mean, live <laughs> my freedom. Oh Bill.
2: Billiard Bill-liver. <laughs> Lord, Boulevard. Billiard <laughs>
0: Boulevard. <laughs>
1: We've been talking about hey, the ball, Hustler, all right, <laughs> the, hustle, the 1961 classic on Filmically Perfect. And uh, yes, did yeah. I say it right all there? Yes, you did. I'm sorry. Okay. So uh, as far as the rules go, I think it perfectly. It would be a pretty cool movie. It, it Fast domino playing,
0: playing pool <laughs> or, you know, having playing a piano, piano. out with like Jerry Lee Lewis or something. <laughs> yeah. I can't beat you, Jerry.
1: <laughs> the busker. No, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, the, busker. <laughs> It certainly uh, certainly creates the world. You are just just brought right in there and well, you're along for every trick shot. And even
2: though, even though it is shot in real places, I mean, the, the, the whole thing becomes this microcosm of these pool players. Because you really, although there are other people like in the outskirts. It's like a city within a city, yeah, isn't it? It's just there they are, you know, and everyone else is sort of blocked out.
1: And certainly sustains it. At no point did I feel like you know that the, there was n- nothing that made me want to uh, suspend my sandwich. belief or get a sandwich. Never, I was there for it the whole time, and uh, and certainly I think that uh, uh, there's a certain aspect to this day that that has a kind of cool that resonates through. Well,
0: I, I as I said before, I think it certainly depicts the United States in the early 60s. You get a good look at how things were. The signs. Um, No air conditioning, as I said before, and uh, how people kind of dressed. People go out of their way nowadays to make period pictures, and they kind of overdo it. But all you have to do is go back and look at some of these old movies and see how they they looked. It's more of a spatial kind of feel and tone that these things evoke. This one really, really, you can, if you, I I don't know how people feel if they've never experienced that error, but you can put Come pretty darn close to experiencing it by watching this movie. It's it's right there in front of you. It's not dressed out, it's there. Um, That's
2: right. And all you need to do is just uh, turn off your air conditioner, uh, burn some cigarette scented incense, <laughs> yes, and get yourself and, some uh, really cheap booze. Cheap beer, pour it on the carpet,
0: mm. and yeah. you're ready to go. And make sure everything gets wrapped with string and white paper yeah, when you go yeah. to the grocery store. That's right. Um, There's
1: something about the black and white that I really appreciate about these you know, snapshots of Americana. I like to freeze it and look. Look at the cars. Look at the signs. Look at the, just like the, what the people... Look men at the way, wore suits uh, all Laurie's, the time.
0: Look at the way Piper Laurie's dressed in this movie. It's very interesting. Um, because a lot of women dressed like that, you just didn't see it in movies. because right. This was not the...
2: She's very plain. And she she walks with a very pronounced limp because she had polio as a child.
1: Oh, did. I missed that. Yeah, he walks
2: with this very very strange. She has a very strange gait when she walks,
1: which would have been another uh, thing relevant to the time as uh, polio was still and like lingering.
0: Uh, fats, not Domino.
1: Domino, the other <laughs> <fats>. <laughs> He's I find actually it my very uncle. fascinating
0: that they they may, they go out of their way to say that the the fat man comes up to the stairs every night at eight o'clock and plays pool every night. So he's like stationary he's in this one place and he plays everybody all the time anywhere he doesn't go anywhere yeah he
1: just, and people come to him feeling,
0: yeah and you kind of get the feeling that's how he makes
2: his money
1: gentlemen we are quickly out of, out of time absolutely perfect movie in every way brilliant performances great story looked great and uh, I wholeheartedly agree with this one it is always my pleasure to speak to you nitrate film archivist and huge movie brain George Williman thank you thank
2: you for having me <laughs> and
1: also, we feel extra warm and special inside because we call him friend as well. He is J. Todd Anderson. J. Todd, and thank I you. I am
0: so thankful I am here in York, Dakota. <laughs> thank you very much.
1: As always, any any sneak peeks for next time around? Anything? Anything? No. Stay tuned. We we'll told let you, we'd you have to know. PerfectMovie.net. <laughs> See you there.